Sports Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. The NFL kicks off this week and get ready for the season with 32 NFL team previews from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NFL previews today. And the free roll football contest is back and better than ever. $5,000 up for grabs in our NFL contest and $1,500 in our brand new college football contest. Sign up exclusively in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Hello, Andrew. Welcome, everyone. We're getting started with our fourth podcast, I believe. We're sorry we missed last week. I was at a wedding. That was completely my fault. But glad to be back and talking about the Puppy Four today. Since it's just getting started this morning, I actually rolled out of bed and just did one myself. Are you How are you excited for the season, Andrew? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, very excited. You know, almost uh, all my redraft uh, drafts are complete. Been uh, going balls to the wall for for best ball here and obviously doing a deep dive on DFS. So, uh, man, I'm I'm ready to get week one going. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like I said, I, I was waiting for this puppy for like for the last like two weeks. I've been doing some uh, more. Uh, I've been doing some stuff on the other sites, too. Uh, but it's it's there's just nothing like the underdog experience, in my opinion. So I'm super excited about the puppy four. probably going to finish off with some best ball mania at the end of the week. So super excited. Then we're getting we're going to talk about some DFS action as well. But uh, ju- uh, yeah, like I said, just starting with the puppy four today. Are you approaching this final draft any differently than you might be approaching any of these other drafts? Any players you're trying to get some exposure to that you haven't before? Man, I don't think so, to be honest. I mean, maybe there's a few guys that I'll take a little bit more towards the end, you know, in, in those later uh, later rounds that I haven't done too much, um, you know, throughout the summer. But overall, I, I wouldn't say my strategy or, or who I want to pick is is any different. Um, if, honestly, if I'm going to do something different, it might just be putting together some teams that are a little bit more unique towards the top. You know, obviously, when you're when you're sitting in a at a certain position, you tend to normally have the same amount of guys and the same guys to choose from. So I might try to switch it up there a little bit, you know, get a little unique um, towards the top. But, you know, outside of that, I I don't really think so, man. I mean, are are, are you doing anything different? It's it's I try to use the the difference in times between like the June, July and August news. I use it to try to get a little bit of different exposure. You know, the players that you know, I was drafting in June or maybe maybe a little bit different than the ones I'm drafting in August. You know, there probably wasn't a lot of people getting George Pickens, Damian Pierce, you know, some of those just late summer camp uh, risers. You know, if you haven't gotten exposure to them yet, now's your chance to, you know, you don't don't go, even if he's at his fifth or sixth round turn, which is too high for me. Don't don't go in with no shares of Damian Pierce this year. You know, grab him up, get some George Pickens, even if it's in the tenth or eleventh round. Yeah, just make sure. Yeah, any late round risers, like I said, um, you know, Chris Godwin's obviously on the on the fast track to return. Maybe it's not week one. So you know, if you if you've been fading Chris Godwin this season due to injury, you know, snap him up. Michael Thomas come back. Um, although he's been having some uh, issues with his health. It looks like he's going to be healthy for week one. He's been looking good in camp as well. So that's uh, that's somebody, you know, risers in the rankings that if you haven't gotten exposure to. But, yeah, if this is your first week and you're just hopping into football season and you're you're drafting on underdog, yeah, uh, status as usual, in my opinion. But it's just it's, it's interesting how much ADP changes over time, though. And then uh, but I guess we can also jump into talking about some of our player news as well. I just I just picked up some polarizing players that I thought possibly, you know, 
that would give some people some pause. And, you know, Damian Pierce was one of those, the first player I actually had listed. Just, I just wanted to talk about some players that I suppose uh, we're giving some people some, some hesitancy, some, uh, some players that can have a big wide range of values. So what's your opinions on Damian Pierce and where are you drafting him this year? I, I really like Damian Pierce a lot. I just like his workload's going to be pretty safe. You know, again, I mean, I just saw this morning when I woke up, I looked and uh, they cut Marlon Mack from the practice squad as well. So mm-hmm. it's just funny. You know, when I started talking about Damian Pierce back in the beginning of, of summer, you know, I wrote an article about uh, guys I like that were going later in the end. And, and, you know, this was one of those guys. He was going 130 plus at, at ADP. Now he's going around five or six. I mean, it's it's crazy how much he has jumped. I, I like Damian Pierce a lot. You know, like I said, I, I like his workload. Um, I like that the coaching staff is kind of being a little coy with him. I feel like they're they're keeping the Ferrari under the sheet right now, right? They don't want to show how excited they are for him, but they understand the value that he brings to the team in that run game. I mean, in college, he barely put the ball on the ground, right? I think he put the ball on the ground two or three times his entire college career. A Lovey Smith is going to love that. You know, it's a guy that I feel like they'll be able to trust early on. So I, I am a fine still drafting him in round six. I mean, round five, it, it's, it's getting a little hairy there for me, to be honest. It's, it's, he's still on the Texans. Their offensive line is, is about middle of the pack. They're not going to be leading a lot of games, so he's not just going to get that, that every down workload for, for rushing the ball. I do think he can catch the ball a little better than people may give him credit for. So I'm, I'm fine still taking him in round six. Round five, I, I don't know. I, I I just don't want to draft him there. And maybe it's because I got a lot of exposure of him, you know, past a hundred that I just am not taking a lot of them now. But again, I, I don't blame you. If you want to take them, try to get them round six. If you need to take them round five and you really want them, you know, I'm not going to beat you up on it, but um, you know, he's, he's definitely somebody I'm still willing to draft, even though I have a bunch of exposure, you know, past a hundred ADP. Yeah. I mean, he's shot up the rankings. It's getting a little uncomfortable for me. <clears throat> he's just uh like I said, it's a really bad. It, like I've told, I was talking with Justin about it on our podcast last night. It's it's just so if the Texans offense, I think, is going to be really bad. It's tough if Rex Burkhead is on third downs. That's going to be tough. Damian Pierce is going to have a hard time returning on his ADP. I saw an underdog this morning. I saw he was going ahead of David Montgomery. Uh, I, you can make the same uh, argument for David Montgomery, but we've seen it with David Montgomery. So, and I just know that workload is going to be there for him. So, it's tough for me to take J.K. Or it's tough for me to take Damian Pierce over J.K. Dobbins and David Montgomery, just because I think the Texans offense, there's not going to be a ton of scoring opportunities. You know, they're going to be, there's going to be a ton of third three and outs. You know, they're not going to be on the field that long negative game scripts. Cause they're coming from behind. If, if you, if you think the Texans are going to take a massive step forward this year, the Damian Pierce could be a good play, but I don't see that happening. So that's why I personally don't love his ADP, but I'm not completely fading him. If I'm when I'm doing 50 drafts on the puppy this this uh, this week before it closes up, I'm going to be drafting some Damian Pierce. So, like I was saying before, too, if you haven't had any Damian Pierce yet, definitely grab some on that five six turn. That's okay. But jumping into some of our sponsors, thinking of joining WinBet, now's the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet, perfect for kicking off the NFL season. Plus, the WinBet Casino is also open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Win also has their first quarterback to throw for five touchdown bets. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. 
must be 21 or older and present in a state where a playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And the free rule football contests are here. College football contest, $1,500 up for grabs. NFL contest, $5,000 and a two-night stay at the Win Las Vegas up for grabs. Sign up exclusively in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Elias Sports, uh, football fans, the NFL regular season is finally here. And as week one kicks off and you get ready to place your bets or lock your fantasy team in, you need to check out the Elias Game Plan app, the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB that has everything you need to get a competitive advantage. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats. The Elias Sports Bureau, official statisticians of U.S. pro sports leagues, including the NFL. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparison, and Elias key insights from their renowned research team. Uh, this app really is your one-stop source for player news and league uh, validity player stats and team records, expert game analysis for betting, fantasy lineups each week, and showing off your superior sports knowledge to your friends and uh, coworkers. And new features are available all the time, like player injury uh, injury analysis and player-impacted uh, reports, which can be huge when it comes to be, uh, betting and fantasy tournaments uh nfl season is here so don't wait download the elias game plan app today and right now i have a special offer when you subscribe get a 14 day free trial uh off a monthly subscription plan but only if you use my promo code of sgpn find elias game plan sports betting in the app store or play store today and use my promo code sgpn and we're back everybody (laughs) um just paying some bills you know, while while he was reading that, I was just did I just joined an underdog draft. That's how easy it is, everyone. So, <laughs> so join the puppy, join the puppy for today. Hashtag <laughs> DGens only. <laughs> uh, so jumping into some more players that you know, just some polarizing players that I thought people would be having a hard time in their drafts with. I have Antonio Gibson up next. Uh, you know, obviously things have massively shifted. We uh, gave it some room to breathe. But uh, just for the sake of uh, people's fantasy football teams, I think you know, need to dive in on it a little bit. Uh, where are you, where are you uh, taking Antonio Gibson? Or how do you see his role now? So obviously as a Commanders fan, I obviously follow the team pretty closely. Uh, I actually am okay drafting Antonio Gibson where he's going right now. You know, uh, I, I think yesterday mm-hmm. I just got him in a redraft league in round eight uh, as my RB2. I uh went wide receiver heavy a lot. So I, I took him there and honestly in best ball, he's, he's roughly going around the same, maybe a little bit sooner than that. Cause people obviously see that. I, I think he's in a, a key role now, right? Cause obviously Brian Robinson, you know, ha- had the, the unfortunate uh, mishap happen where he got shot. So really it's only Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick on that roster at running back that the team actually trust. So I think that they're going to really give Antonio Gibson the keys to the car here and say, listen, man, if you can drive this thing fast and not crash it, I think we're going to let you have a little bit more of a role now, uh, you know, obviously since Brian Robinson's injury. So I, I do think he's in a weird kind of scenario of if he plays well these first four or five weeks that Brian Robinson is going to be out, you know, could, could potentially be longer. But, you know, I, everything I'm reading right now say that they are hopeful he can come back week five. So, you know, if Antonio Gibson shows that he can be the running back that they drafted him to be a few years back, 
not put the ball on the ground. I think he earns himself more of a role when Brian Robinson does come back. Obviously, if he is just dog crap, uh, when Brian Robinson comes back, he's just going to go to, you know, have a hybrid role of doing a little bit of both, but but not a lot of either. So I, I'm OK drafting where he's going. You, you know, you're going to have him at least for four weeks. Um, and, and actually, what I think is a good strategy with Antonio Gibson is, you know, let's say you want to take Damian Pierce, right? Uh, Damian Pierce does not have a great schedule star off the year. You could just let Antonio Gibson be that running back for you. And then Damian Pierce comes in and, you know, can fill in when Antonio Gibson kind of takes a backseat again. You know, there's a couple different uh, running backs that you can do that with. J.K. Dobbins is another one. You know, you're not sure if he's going to play week one. You know, this injury might linger a little bit longer than they want to uh, for him. So, you know, that could be something that that you kind of supplement with is take Antonio Gibson a little later. So there's different ways that, that you can play Antonio Gibson here. I do, you know, again, like taking him where he's going. I'm completely fine with that. And actually, if you want to take Gibson and then wait a while and take Robinson later, that's completely fine as well. This team's going to run the ball, even if they're down, like they just have a stubbornness to run the ball. Obviously with Carson Wentz now there, depending on how he's playing, they might not want to keep the ball in Wentz's hands too much. So they might just organically just try to run the ball or dump it off to the running backs. So again, there, there's a lot of ways to play Antonio Gibson here, but I, I'm completely fine drafting him where he's going right now. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm just in the boat that I don't want to project how a man is going to recover from a gunshot injury. So I'm, I'm fading Brian Robinson pretty heavily. And I have, I have Antonio Gibson pretty significantly higher than where he's going. I believe he's running back 30 on underdog right now. I, I have him closer to RB 20. I just, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't want to be in the boat of projecting and waiting on a player recovering from a gunshot injury. I would rather just be pleasantly surprised and, you know, be happy anyway that he comes back. And so, and, but I'm not, I'm not going to bet on that for my fantasy teams. So I'm fading Brian Robinson. I have Antonio Gibson. I think he's a great steal right now. Um, he's going to have that uh, at least a locked in early season role. He's been successful in the past. As long as he can not, don't, doesn't fumble. He should have a role in this offense, even when Brian Robinson returns. So I like Antonio Gibson a lot. He, he's been someone that I've been snapping up a lot. Um, just this past week, he's probably, if I had to guess, he's my most drafted player over just the past week. Like I said, I like the opportunity now in the Washington offense, and there's there's no one really else really, and I know they're going to try to keep the ball out of Carson Wentz's hand as much as they can. Yep, no, I completely agree. Um, you know, I, I again, I know you're fading Robinson, and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm a fan, but I, I really do think that they are just going to give him the keys when he comes back. You know, maybe ease him mm -hmm. in a little bit, but um, you know, yesterday in the redraft league, I mean, this was 18 rounds, and I got him in round 15. Like, I, I'm okay taking Gibson in yeah. the in the eighth round and then Ryan Robinson, the 15th round, just to kind of pair them, you know, up together. Obviously the, the key there is cost really, if you want to do that. But um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm still okay taking Robinson, but I completely understand. I mean, the man was shot. God knows what's going to happen with, if he gets any sort of like infections or whatnot. So I, I think staying away from him, you know, is probably a pretty good strategy as well. All right. Jumping into the next one. I have Michael Thomas up. This is someone who I, I couldn't stop drafting at wide receiver when he was like in the wide receiver three, four borderline range. But now, you know, he's creeping up to closer to probably wide receiver 25. He's getting closer to wide receiver uh, two range on underdog. And I've seen him, I think on, uh, on some of the other sites, I've seen him in that uh, wide receiver two range. So um, I, that's someone I already have a lot of exposure to. So I haven't been, you know, just smashing at that uh, kind of at that five or that five, in the middle of the fifth round, there turn that he's going to. So, but where are you drafting him this year? 
Man, I'm I'm almost not drafting him. Uh, I think I have like two percent exposure on him. I just there's multiple red flags for me with Michael Thomas. I I like Michael Thomas. I think he's a very good player, but his body can't stay healthy. I mean, he has these weird lingering injuries. It's like he can't get over them. I, I'm I'm not sure. I I know it says that he's supposed to be ready for week one but then you know I, I read other things that say like you know he's not as far along as he wants to be like i i don't know he also doesn't seem like a guy that wants to be there Every, you know I, I don't see him coming out and being like man i'm so excited for the season and i'm ready to to, to get to, to work with Jameis winston and I, I just i feel like he's given up a little bit and that's not somebody i want on my team i i again you know i think he has a great talent his hands are awesome like he, he can catch the crap out of the ball i mean look what he did with drew Brees and so I, I think the offense is a little different as well. So it's he's not somebody I'm drafting. I'm not, you know, I, I am actually kind of shying away from him, to be honest. There, there's just other guys in that scenario or uh, in those rounds that I'd rather take. So I think Michael Thomas is a, somebody that I'm just fully staying staying away from. And I'll just take it on the chin if he comes out and, and balls out. You know, it'll just be somebody I, I missed out on, and, and I'll be all right with that. I, I am in the camp of I'd rather just take Alave or Jarvis Landry later on, um, and you know, to take the shot on that offense if I want. I'd, I'd much rather take Kamara on that offense, obviously. So, Michael Thomas is is you know he's somebody that in the beginning of the year I was kind of like, man, it's gonna be cool to to draft him, right? And then I drafted him for a couple weeks, and I was like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll wait to see what happens with him. And the more I learn about him, the more I just want to stay away. So I, I know you and I definitely differ on this one, but you know, he's just not somebody I'm I'm targeting. You know, I, I understand all those arguments, and, and that's what makes him not a wide receiver one anymore, or why maybe even a wide receiver two anymore. But at the wide receiver three range, I think that's getting cheap enough where a lot of the risk is baked in. Uh, if he's long as he's out there for a significant amount of time this season, you know, 13, 14 plus games, I think he can definitely return on that ADP. He should definitely be the number one option in the offense. I really can't, you know, I know Olave is fantastic. Jarvis Landry has been a target hog in his career. But it's just hard for me to see, you know, Michael Thomas not just getting a ridiculously high target share. Now, now, if the offense just struggles completely, and I think that is in the realm of possibilities if Jameis Winston's not very good, you know, maybe he could bust. But like I said, I, all the risk, you know, everything that people are saying about Michael Thomas, I feel like that's why he's not a top 25 wide receiver anymore. But that's not where you're drafting. Now, like I said, on some of the other sites, I've seen him in that range. I've seen him right around that wide receiver 22, 23, but on underdog right now, still, he's still buy for me at that wide receiver 27, 28. A lot of the time, somebody will snag him early. He's kind of a popular pick. You know, he's not usually lasting quite until his ADP anymore, which means he's going to rise. But like I said, I'm, I, I'm still comfortable there. So I'm still drafting a little bit of Michael Thomas, but I also got a lot of my exposure back when he was at like wide receiver 37, 38. And that was definitely a little more palatable, like you said. Um, jumping on to the next one, I, 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 you called me out on, on Twitter the other day, so I, ha I, had, I wanted to address Javante Williams and how I, I don't care what these guys are saying. These, this isn't new information they're going with. They're just going with their old takes and you know just the coach speak that they have in the past and predicting that this guy's that it's going to be a 55-45 workload for Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. I don't think that's going to happen. It is going to be Javante Williams' season. I, I'm staking. I'm putting my. I'm planting my flag on it. I'm I'm draft I, I I in that draft that we just uh, just told you I joined drafted Javante Williams with confidence at the two eight. How are you feeling about Javante Williams right now? So wasn't trying to call you out. I was asking. <laughs> I was asking legitimately. You know what was going on with this. You know this this report that I that I was reading with the fifty five forty five split because honestly. 
the more I listened to you talk about Javante, the more you kind of sold me on him. I, again, I, I have him in, in two keeper leagues. Um, I, I like Javante a lot. I just I do worry that you know the the Russ connection with Melvin Gordon going back to college. Uh, the coaching staff obviously brought him back. Now, I don't think he was their first choice to bring in, to be honest with you, but I think that they are okay with him. You know, he he is an okay key, you know, a, a scenario um, a role player, I guess. It, it, I, I do worry a little bit about that. I, I won't lie. But the talent for Javante Williams is, is way higher than it is for Melvin Gordon. And obviously the coaching staff is going to see that. But I do worry about how this split is. It's, you know, are, are they going to do a 55-45 a or, or 60-40 split for three, four weeks out of the thing? You know, that's obviously going to uh, lower his, his potential ceiling, you know, if they do that. So I wonder how long until they really give him the keys, you know, give him 70 to 75, 80% of the work, you know, make sure that he knows that he is the guy, right? So I, I do worry about that a lot. But um, the more I listened to you over the summer here, the, the more I looked into Javante Williams and what I thought he could do. And like, honestly, I moved him up my, my board. I have him as like my 18th ranked overall player. Like, and that, and that was a lot higher than, uh, than I originally had him. So I like Javante. I, I will take him anywhere from, from about 17, 18 on in the draft. So I've been getting more of him as of recently. So, so we'll see, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of exposure to him and now I'm kind of building that up. So, you know, I feel good about it, but I, I just, I don't know I, when I saw that on Twitter, I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I thought I was like more safe of like a 70, 30 split. And then I read this 55, 45 crap. So that's why I was asking you, I wasn't trying to call you out. I, I do like Devontae <laughs> a lot. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm more of a fade Melvin Gordon than, than some other people are, you know, some people are saying, I, I'd rather just take whichever one, you know, uh, take Melvin Gordon later because he falls and he's going so much later, but I don't believe that that's really the strategy to do with, with, Denver's offense you know I, I do think Javante is the best running back there and he should show that so so we'll see what happens but yeah I was just I thought it was interesting when I saw that like my heart sank I'm like 55 45 come on man we can't be drafting a guy in the second round that's doing that I don't I, I'll tell you I mean I'll tell you I'll just maybe maybe it's just going to be who's going to have egg on their face maybe it'll be me at the beginning of the season but I, I just don't see it we we forget we've hate we we've hated as fantasy communities hated Melvin Gordon his whole career his whole career every time every year it was like oh Melvin Gordon he's not that good and every year he finished as an RB one he proved us wrong but now seven years later I think it's about over I think you know um, it's not like the coach like these people love him at Endeavor he's kind of been he's he's spoken out in the media a little bit he he had some trouble with uh you know uh, I believe you know so with uh some. I believe it was a DUI. I wasn't trying to say. I believe it was a DUI a couple of years ago. So he's had. He's kind of the Denver uh, front uh, office doesn't love Melvin Gordon. I guess what I was trying to say. I was fumbling over my words. They're trying exactly how to put that. But so he's just not someone that I, I, that I think is going to have a great season. I think it's going to keep like you know maybe at the, the first game of the season I could see it being 60-40, But I think you just keep seeing Javante Williams get more of that workload. Um, he finished, I believe, is twenty two points per game last season. And I think, you know, at number 22 in points per game, that's going to improve. He finished as the RB, I think, 16 because he was fully, you know, he played 15, 16 games. That's going to, you know, most running backs don't do that. So that's going to boost him up a little bit there. But I just don't see him. How, how can he not improve significantly on that with Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson also has never had, you know, super high volume passing seasons. Now, I do think that's going to change this year. I think they're going to throw a lot, but I still expect them to make Wilson comfortable, run the ball a lot. I think the offense is going to be fantastic. Lots of scoring opportunities. So obviously, you know that I'm on Javante Williams this season. And everyone else who's listened to me at all. So <laughs> jumping on to the next one, teammate of his, 
Jerry Judy, someone I'm also pretty high on compared to others. I, I, I have him ahead of Cortland Sutton in my dynasty rankings. I have Cortland Sutton just slightly ahead in my redraft rankings. I think both can return on ADP this year because Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. How are you feeling right now? I am team Sutton through and through. I have him in some keeper leagues. I'm definitely higher on him in redraft and best ball. Um, I, I, I like Jerry Judy. I just think that Cortland Sutton is going to have more of a connection with Russ and that Russ is going to look his direction, uh, you know, before he's going to look Jerry Judy's way. So I'm completely fine. If you just want to wait and see which one falls in your lap and in each draft, you know, that's a fine strategy to me. I, I like the Broncos offense as a whole, but for me, so, uh, Cortland Sutton is definitely the guy that, that I'm aiming to draft. I actually just took him again yesterday in round four as my first wide receiver in this redraft league. I, I think Sutton has a much higher ceiling than Jerry Judy does, to, uh, to be honest. I think he's going to be the down uh, the downfield threat. I think, you know, again, it's, it's the Bible narrative, right? It's, it's him and uh, Sutton and, and Russ, both religious men. Obviously, you know, they want to be one with God, with each other. So I, I do feel like, you know, he obviously has has the ability to do more in that offense than Jerry Judy does. Um, but again, I'm not going to. I'm not going to hound you if you if you think Judy is a little better better than Sutton. I could definitely see that as a potential outcome. But for me, I'm aiming for Sutton uh, always and often. And I, I think, honestly, you know, barring any injuries, I think he should outscore Jerry Judy by a, a decent um, amount at the end of the year, to be honest. Before I jump in to my Jerry Judy takes, I'm just going to talk to you about Fubo TV really quick. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K and no extra charge. Over, over a 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your device, all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to Fubo tv.com slash sgp that's f-u-b-o-tv.com slash sgp promoguide.us for all you sports bettors out there i want to tell you about the best new way to increase your bankroll it's called promoguide.us at promoguide.us you can get the biggest bonuses from all the best sports books in the country we're talking one thousand dollar risk-free deposits insane odds boost and most importantly the best analytics in the business plus tons of free picks as well promoguide.us is your guide to betting smart once again, that's promoguys.us. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for almost all of my leagues. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in this industry. And now, you could win on Sleeper by playing their new Over-Under game. Over-Under over integrates into fantasy, the first sports contest built into the fantasy experience. Now, now, not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. Patrick Mahomes is your starting fantasy quarterback. Not only do you think you're going to win your fantasy matchup this week, but you're also confident that Mahomes is going to hit his over on the 250 passing yards line. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. Not only do they have NFL, but they also have college football player props. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper Now to play their new over-under game and have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Promo code SGP. 
Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Okay, jumping back into Jerry Judy. He's someone I've been super high on ever since college. So I, I, I love the draft profile. And the rookie season he had was good. Like he played with a horrible quarterback. He had almost 900 yards receiving. He had a good season. And I know he had some trouble with drops, but he did, he's always shown that he can separate. He's a great route runner. He's he's athletic at Alabama. He he. I know people kind of peg Cortland Sutton into that DK Metcalf role, but I mean he was great. He was great in that role at Alabama. He 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 had uh, great catches downfield. So Jerry Judy's someone I'm still super high on. Like I said, I have Cortland Sutton higher on my radio draft rankings, but it's not a massive gap. So he's someone I like a lot. Someone I've been drafting. He's someone I'm super excited. I I have him in so many dynasty leagues. At one point, I think I had him in 15 of 17 leagues in his rookie season. So. You know, maybe I'm just having trouble uh, letting go, but I'm still I, I need to see Jerry Judy play with a successful quarterback before I completely write him off. Jumping into the next one, we have Trey Lance. I, I only I was I put him down as a polarizing player because he's had some up and down experiences in the preseason. He's Jimmy Garoppolo's back. So in my opinion, I think the floor, the floor is a little lower now. Now, if you draft Trey Lance, you're obviously drafting him to be successful. You drafted in the seventh round. Hey, if he's not, then your team may be busted anyway. But I think now there's a little bit less of a chance they let him just completely struggle through the season if he's just horrible. But I think I don't think that's going to happen. I still like Trey Lance. How are you feeling right now? Man, I haven't really liked Trey Lance at all, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people do, but I just, I don't know. I, I can't see the scenarios outside of him just going nuts on the ground where he's going to be a very good top five, you know, uh, quarterback. I, I just, I don't know. There's something about the offense that scares me away. And I, I think it's the fact that I think that they're just going to try to run the ball a lot. You know, I, it, with fewer passes than 20 per week, probably, you know, average for him. Unless he's, you know, lights out on the ground, I, I just can't see it, you know. So I six point for passing touchdown leagues, I'm definitely out on him. Four point, I'm I'm a little bit more intrigued only due to the fact of I do think he's probably just going to run the ball a lot on the ground as well, or has the potential to anyway. I I am not a fan of Scamaham. Um, you know, I, I really don't like Kyle Shanahan. I mean, even as a Commanders fan, you know, back in the day, he was with the team. There, there's just always been something about him. I, I think he's a little bit vanilla. Um, I, I do like what he does for the running back. So I'm very interested in in the running backs. You know, TDP, Elijah Mitchell, those guys I like. But Trey Lance, I'm, I'm almost a full fade on. And I know I'm, I'm on an island over here. There, there's not many people who join me on this island. So, again, it'll sure. be a player I take it on the chin. Um, I, I am a full fade on Debo as well. You know, Debo's going way too high for me. Um, Brandon Ayuk is, is interesting. That's the only one on the team outside of the running backs that I actually kind of look at when I'm in a draft. I am almost a full fade on George Kittle as well. I, I just don't think he can stay healthy, and I think he's going to block a whole lot. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of out on the Niners team, um, you know, outside of the running backs. And I don't feel good about it. I feel like I'm going to have FOMO in, in some point you know during the year if, if they are doing well it's it's one guy i am worried about missing out on but at the same time there's just not enough conviction there for me in my mind that i feel like i need to draft him so i'm almost full fade on a majority of this niners team are, are you going down the same path as me or are you high on him? you know i feel like i'm a little bit middle of the tier i don't want to be out because man it's just like 
I know the four, if he runs the ball a bunch, it's almost impossible for the for standard scoring formats. Or if you're not like doing Scott Fishbowl, where they factor in kind of pollution patterns, it's almost impossible for him not to finish as a quarterback one if he runs as much as you expect him to. Um, so it's it's you know it's one of those things where if he if you get if he runs the ball for 600 700 yards, you might as well just lock him in for that for that role as a quarterback top eight quarterback. So I, I like him still. I think he has a ton of potential. I'm not as high as some just because I think he could struggle as a passer. I think it could kind of be like a Jalen Hurst situation where you you still love the end result, but he's, you know, it's not it's not pretty while he's doing it, I guess I should say. So I'm I, and I love and I like and he has the great offense too, man. Debo Samuels, great player. Um, not someone I'm fading completely. I, I'll still t- draft him in the second round. I think I have him a little bit lower in the second round, so it's not someone I, I grab a ton. Brandon Ayuk is another player, you know, who had, if you're into the breakfast narrative, you know, Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance having breakfast together, hanging out. Oh, it's marshmallow. It's marshmallow narrative. I think they were cooking s'mores together. So if you enjoy that, uh, if you're into that kind of thing, draft Ayuk, George Kittle's a great player. Like you said, not so, not as good a fantasy player as he is a real life player though. So I'm not, I don't love the San Francisco 49ers, but they're also not someone I'm completely fading on. So I grab some decent exposure, but I'm not overly exposed in any place. Jumping into the next one, uh, this is someone I had a ton of early in the offseason, and I have been fading a bit just to get that exposure a little bit lower just in case he's not that great. But Brees Hall, you know, I, I personally think Brees Hall is going to be fine. I think this is kind of like Jonathan Taylor. This is kind of like Nick Chubb. They didn't get a chance to completely take over and on the initial start, but I think by midseason, I think Brees Hall is going to be rolling. But what is rolling in this offense? The, the Jets are, could, are, could be the worst team in the NFL. You know, if Joe Flacco's playing a lot of the season, I, I've seen Joe Flacco play two or three years ago live when uh, in Denver, and he ha- he didn't have it then, and that was a long time ago. So, I think the offense could really struggle, and I just I you know especially if Michael Carter's going to come in on some passing work, I think it could it could be a rough year for Brees Hall. I think we're going to see some flashes, but I'm not drafting him in that fourth round anymore. It's just you know the the offense is poor, the workload's not locked in. So he's someone I'm a little bit more comfortable, probably at the back end of the fifth round, on honestly, on underdog. How about you? Yeah, I was taking Brees Hall uh, earlier in the year when he was going a little later, and then I kind of have not drafted him for the past probably month and a half or so. I, I just It's not that I want to fade him. It's that Michael Carter is, is pretty good, right? I mean, he showed last year he's, he's a very good running back, and you can get him much, much, much later. I mean, this is one of the scenarios where I'd rather take the second guy much later and see what happens. You know, I, I don't think that they're just going to allow Brees Hall to have 80 to 85 percent of the touches. I think, if anything, this is the backfield people should be talking about where the splits a lot closer than people probably think it is. You know, I, I, I could see this being the 55 45 splits. You know, yeah. they what? Why wouldn't the Jets want to use a great between the tackles running back and Brees Hall? And then, honestly, I think Michael Carter is better in the pass game than Brees Hall is. So, you know, why not? Why not use both if you're the Jets? I mean, what do you have to lose? You, you you're the Jets, as you said, they, they could be the potentially the, the worst team in the NFL. So why not use both to your advantage and, and see what happens? So Brees Hall isn't somebody I'm targeting. I don't really want to say I'm fading him per se, but th- there's just so many other running backs and wide receivers that go around that he does that I'd rather take a shot on some of those other guys and then wait a bunch, you know, and then take Michael Carter. I, I do feel Michael Carter is being undervalued at his current ADP. So I'd, I'd rather just go that route. Yeah, it's it. I, like I said, I, I think Brees Hall is going to take over this backfield at some point. I just don't know exactly when that'll be, and it'll be a bad offense anyway. So that's where I think the the situation's a little bit different. The Colts, the Colts with Philip Rivers, 
was a lot better situation than Brees Hall is coming into. I love the talent. I don't think you're going to be able to keep him off the field, even on third downs eventually. But I'm just fading a little bit this year. Dynasty, he's still a top five running back. He's at running back five for me. Just factor in then at age and everything. So, he, like I said, I, I, I still love Brees Hall. Keep him on your dynasty leagues, but have some little bit of hesitation for 2022. The next player I have up is Cam Akers. This is uh this will you know this will be the last one so we can jump in. Oh, okay. For people who can't see on the screen, he's already flashing a, a thumbs down sign. This will be the last one just so we can jump into some DFS. But Cam Akers, I, I man, it's just that is such a that is such a home run swing. He's in the fifth round right now. Or maybe he might be even dipping in the sixth round. It's the Achilles injury, but man, this is the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. This is gonna be Man, it's just such a if, if he can take over the role and be anything to 80% of what he used to be, man, this is he's going way underdrafted right now. Oh, he's he's so it's it's such a it's it's a really hard pick to make, though. It's really risky. He's someone I think my exposure is somewhere in, in the teens, lower teens. So I have a little bit of Cam Akers, but obviously you don't. How you feel? No, uh, all but full fade on Cam Akers. I, I did take him a little bit um, earlier in the year, but I, I've I haven't taken him in. Oh my God, I can't even tell you how long. I, I'd much rather wait on Daryl Henderson. Um, if you over the last decade or so just bet on a downturn for a running back that had a major injury like like this, I mean you're you're up plus money here. I mean, the, the, there's no reason to really take him a ton at where he's going you know before he was going a little later and i was completely fine with that but there, there's guys running backs around that you know where he's going and plus he's in the dead zone too i mean it's just i don't know there's multiple red flags for me here i do like that the rams run the ball a ton um i i like that they have a great offensive line they're probably going to be in good game scripts a majority of the year so he has those things going for him and he's a good running back but with that injury, um, he wasn't lights out in the playoffs by any means, and I, and I think he came back a little earlier than he probably needed to. But again, you know they're they're pushing for the Super Bowl, so I completely understand. But at the same time, I like Daryl Henderson more. I think that this split is also going to be closer than people appear. I think that Acres has a, a good shot of, of a re-injury or or at least missing you know, four to five weeks due to a little bit of recovery, a little bit of rest, you know, here and there. And, you know, I don't know the, the Rams team. It's, I don't say that, that they're a mess right now, but with the issue with Matthew Stafford going on, you know, is his arm injury going to be lingering the entire year? Is that really going to affect the whole entire offense? You know, if, if they, if, if teams know that Matt Stafford's not going to be chucking the ball downfield a ton, they're probably going to load the box up a little bit more. So I, I do worry about that as well. But I don't know. Acres, I'm I'm betting on a I don't want to say a re-injury, but a a nagging issue throughout the year. I don't think he's going to be you know very great coming back you know this year a year you know removed from the injury. So I'd rather just take my shot on Daryl Henderson and you know just be done with it. I, I just I'm almost full fade on Acres. I just I just can't see it. Yeah, you know, I, I can't do a full fade. He's sub what I might I try to draft, maybe in one in every 10, maybe one in every 12 drafts. I just want a little bit of exposure just in case, you know what I mean? The the, mo- the modern miracles of technology, um, they're coming back quicker than ever. James Robinson, no one thought. I, I, I read, I knew that James Robinson and Chris Godwin were going to come. I said months ago, I was like, these guys, okay, guys, every single time now, they're coming back quick from injury. And we're like, oh my goodness, there's no reason to think that these guys are going to be different. Everyone's like, oh my God, it'll be till December. You know, tell Chris Godwin or Jay, like, here we are, August. They're probably going to play in the first month of the season. So, I, you know, it's just technology's changing. I get it. So, 
but I'm not overly exposed to cam makers. I was, I, I, I was a little bit early. I, 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 when I had my exposure, like at 20% in like June, I was like, whoa, 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 I got to get this back down. But now I'm, I'd like a comfortable exposure about 10%. Don't leave every draft without cam makers, but someone, like I said, a lot of risk. It's a big home run swing. Before yeah. we get started on the DFS though, just want to talk to you about run your pool, run your pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun from Pick'em and Survival to fantasy, fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with RYP to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. Hop in now to reserve your spot, $500 cash plus $200, $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store to the winner. Sign up today over at play.runyourpool.com SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader, you may ask? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can uh, also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for, for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Key uh, points and features of Odd Traders include handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores and bet tracking, player stats, key game stats, projected game day weather, Bet Tracker uh, also allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity in one spot. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And we're back, everybody. That's that's the last promo. So we'll be uh, we'll just be talking DFS from here on out. So, you know what? The, Andrew over here has been a longtime DFS player. It's definitely a passion of his. So for those that aren't too familiar with daily fantasy. I, you, you just want to give us a brief synopsis, why, why you love it so much. What are the key details of it really quick? Yeah, sure. So DFS is obviously it's just a one week contest. You know, you're, you're going in, you're picking players uh, strictly for, for that week and that matchup. Uh, so normally you, you know, you start, quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense, right? You have a salary cap. So so there's usually $50,000 as a salary cap. Each player is assigned a certain amount based off of, you know, how their projected points are, projected matchups, stuff like that. So you go in and obviously you compile, you know, your lineup based off of whoever you want to pick. Uh, you know, there's different strategies. There's stacking. There's bring back players. There's all the stuff that, that we'll get into here. But so essentially it's just – you're, you're just setting the lineup and then, you know, obviously come Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, whenever, you know, whatever slate you are, uh, you pick to, to sign up for here. You go in, make sure all your players are playing, do any last final uh, tweaks to it if you want. I mean, these are things that, that you can do. And uh, DraftKings, the best thing about week one is that for their Millie Maker, uh, it's five dollars as opposed to twenty five for for every other week. So I mean, you can go in and you can do one hundred and fifty max entry at five bucks for your shot at a million dollars. I mean, it's it's awesome. I prefer DraftKings over FanDuel. I know some people feel differently. There's different strategies for both because they um, score points differently as well on some different things. So you know, definitely when you're going in, if you're if you want to get into DFS. 
go in, look at how it's scored, look at what you get points for. Sometimes there's bonuses, different things like that that can really help you out. So if you're going to start doing some some daily fantasy sports, go in, take a look at how it's scored, and then go in and, and look at the matchups. You know, I I usually take a deep dive on on the week and look at matchups and kind of rank them. You know, in my opinion, I'll go in and be like, all right. Obviously, you can go on to sports books and see what they're projecting the over under to be uh obviously vegas isn't stupid they you know usually get that pretty close to the vest so you know if you want to go in I, I usually do that take a look at you know maybe the top four or five six games and see what vegas thinks the outcome is going to be and then kind of go in and and you know do my do my lineups from there so uh, again you know it's just a week week to week thing after the week's over your lineup's done next week you can go in fresh create new lineups but uh, essentially, it's just a salary cap lineup that you go in and just try to, you know, make the best lineup you can and uh, take take your shot at the million bucks. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. You know, I, the two main ones are obviously DraftKings and FanDuel. You know, I, I I wanted to talk about this because, you know, it's kind of bridges the gap one of the, between fantasy football and betting. Kind of just like I was talking about underdog before. It does a good job of that. So if you love gambling, you like fantasy football, daily fantasy is a great place for you. Um, FanDuel and DraftKings are obviously the big ones. You know, just just a quick like different strategies for those two when I'm doing it. DraftKings has bonuses for reaching 300 yards passing, bonuses for 100 yards receiving, things like that. You could differentiate yourself. So you know, volume can be can you know you can win just based on volume there. You know, if somebody just has a lot of receiving yards, um, and all it's also um, ha- it's also full PPR, which so receptions are even more important. On FanDuel, it's a little bit different. There's no bonuses for receiving yards or passing yards or rushing yards it's it's half ppr and then also it uh so you know that boosts up the, the touchdown opportunities a little bit so i think you on on draft on FanDuel you're hunting for touchdowns a little bit you kind of have to have that player who just goes off you kind of have to almost have to have that highest scoring player the play you know the guy who just goes off that week touchdowns are going to be really important so that's just something to keep in mind i think you know if, if you're, you've got to project touchdowns when you're on FanDuel so i I think a little bit more strategy goes into DraftKings, so I prefer that a little bit there. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll cover a little bit of both today. I, I've been working on my lineups all week. I've been tinkering a bunch. Is there uh, is there any particular way, like strategy, like start strategies that you start off with? Like for me, I, I usually go off the quarterback. So like you know, I pick some of my favorite quarterback values. Like you know, I, I usually pick like ten lineups, ten quarterbacks I like, and you know, depending on how much I like that lineup. I'll put them, you know, in, in more entries and kind of my, my last one, maybe just in a couple, but yeah, I usually start off with the quarterback, um, set my, set my way though, set my stacks first, set my, set my uh, counter stack, you know, on the other team, you know, I have a couple wide receivers on the other team. So, but that's usually how I start my team. So, you know, I have Kirk cousins and Derek Carr as a great values this week, you know, so put Derek Carr up at the top there, you know, stack with Devonte Adams, maybe Hunter Renfro, Get a charger, get a charger coming back, or a Green Bay Packer coming back. If it's Kirk Cousins, but is there any particular like you know you have an anchor? You're like I'm putting in a running back or a quarterback to start off with. It depends on how many I'm going to do that week. If I'm going to do a bunch, um, then yeah, I, I take your strategy of I'll go in, look at what quarterback I want to to do the matchups for. I'll create my stacks, create my bring back, and then move on from there. If I'm going to do you know, not as many, I, I kind of then go into the wide receiver and the running back positions and scroll, you know, way down and look at the values down there that I think that I would like to get on my lineup. That way it gives me a lot more money up top to take, 
you know, the top tier guys. And then I will look at those top tier guys and be like, all right, you know, I want to take Devontae Adams. So I know I'm probably just going to end up taking Derek Carr as well and kind of create it that way. So I think there's, you know, the, the expression is there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Like, I, I think there's no wrong way to build a lineup, depending on how you want to look at it. But I would say the most common one is the one that you were talking about, where you get your quarterback first, do the stacks. And, and honestly, that makes the most sense. But I like to be, uh, you know, a little bit at, think outside the box. So I'll look at values for that week and and just kind of take it from there, depending on how many I want to do. And how, how important is, uh, is you know, how, walk us through how important stacking is in a format like this. Because, you know, that obviously, we, you know, we're talking about pairing with quarterbacks like that. And, and can you just explain to the, the audience why that's so important? Yeah, it's very important because obviously, you know, whatever quarterback you're taking, if they're going to – you know, be elite that week, there's probably wide receivers on the team that are also going to need to be on your team as a stack because they're going to obviously benefit from your quarterback being very good that week. So like you're, you're not going to take Patrick Mahomes and then take no other chiefs. Like it would make no sense to do that because if he has a really great week, that means either Kelsey had a great week, Juju sky Moore, maybe, you know, whatever the case may be now on the flip side of stacking though, you don't, there's not too many scenarios where you really want to take the quarterback and the running back because I mean, it, unless they're scoring, 60 plus points and everybody eats that week there's probably one of those is probably not going to be the all the you know in the optimal strategy to, to to make your lineup score the most points out of everybody else obviously for dfs you're not trying to just score uh, a mid-level points you know you want to win right like you're you, this isn't season long so you're not trying to necessarily have the floor you want more of the ceiling you know to, to project you know uh, project you up to the top, you know, 10, so you can win a bunch of money. I mean, that's, that's the way I look at it. I'd rather just fall flat on my face with a lineup and have the ceiling aspect, you know, when I'm setting my lineup as opposed to, all right, I think that I can, you know, maybe score 140 points with this one, you know, maybe it's not going to get to the, to the top, but you know, it's not going to either be the bottom. I don't want middle, you know, you're not going to be able to retire off middle. I want, I want to shoot for the moon. So, so again, you know, stacking is definitely the optimal strategy. You have to do it. Uh, some people will argue that you only want to stack with one player. Um, I think you should be doing double stacking. So taking either two wide receivers or the wide receiver and the tight end to your quarterback personally. And then obviously you want to you, you want to do a bring back with that as well. You know, stacking is how you uh, optimize the amount of points that you can get. But a bring back also helps because obviously you're probably creating a lineup where you think that there can be a lot of points scored in that uh in that matchup so obviously you want to have a bring back so like for you know if you're doing Patrick Mahomes you want to have some sort of bring back for Arizona week one you know that's probably Marquise Brown um if Zach Ertz is playing maybe Zach Ertz somewhere in that but again you don't want to probably take James Conner because you're, you're projecting the Chiefs to probably win and score the most points obviously James Conner in that role he probably isn't gonna you know go ahead out there and get you you know a 40 a 40 burger on the week right I mean that's probably just not if if the Cardinals are behind James Conner probably is going to score a ton of points. So uh, again, you know, there's high level thinking here. There, there's a lot of detail to DFS, but again, stacking is definitely the optimal, you know, if you look into the data, you, you will see that opt, you know, to optimize the amount of points that you can get on a weekly basis, you have to stack. Now, you know, again, whether you think that stacking with one player or two or even three, you know, I, I, it, it really depends on how you think it is, you know, so galaxy brain it, sit down, think about it, but you have to stack in some sort of fashion. Yeah. And, you know, the, uh, just a couple kind of, you know, kind of points I, uh, you know, I, I do actually, I agree. The, the running back and quarterback stack is not something I want to shoot for, but the only time I don't mind it is for pass catching running backs. Like 
I don't mind stacking Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler because Austin Eckler could catch a ton of passes and the, you know, him catching a a receiving touchdown from Justin Herbert, you know, pretty likely. So I I actually don't mind stacking DeAndre Swift. I don't mind stacking him with Jared Goff just because no matter what the game script is, DeAndre Swift is going to be involved. So, yeah, you know, that's just something to keep in mind, I think. And then also for double stacking, I usually always double stack, especially in those larger entry ones, except if it's like Trey Lance or Lamar Jackson. Those running quarterbacks, it's a little bit harder for them to maintain. I don't think it's as necessary for you to double stack with them just because they usually don't have multiple fantasy receivers anyway that are relevant that week. So I'm fine just doing single stacks there. Um, But quarterback just seems like a strategy that's changed a lot over the years. You know, when I used to play five, six years ago, I think that just the way that quarterbacks were priced and everything – I usually never had an expensive quarterback. You know, you could always usually try to find a cheap one that could go off that week, and that was a great strategy. But in my opinion, I think the quarterback scoring has gotten very accurate um, over the years. You in the with the rushing quarterbacks and the pro and the Justin Herberts and Patrick Mahomes that really separated themselves. You know, I think the, I'm I, I'm usually starting off with an expensive quarterback now. You know, I, I usually just you know about as low as I'll go is that Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins range, a little bit more middle of the pack, but. Past that, you know, I don't have many lineups where I'm trying to get Jameis Winston or just because or like Matt Ryan, just because it, their, their ceiling is just so much lower. The odds, you know, you pretty much for you to win your lineup, they're going to have to outscore like those five or six other quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. And the odds of them doing that on any given week, just so low, in my opinion. I think you need one of those big time. I, you know, I think most lineups we see this season, the winning lineups are going to have one of those big time quarterbacks that went off that week. Um, so. I'm usually starting off with a more expensive quarterback. Are you are you starting off? Uh, you you still take quarterbacks? You know, get the low ones, or are you starting off with any strategies this year? So for quarterbacks, especially on DraftKings, it's four point for passing touchdowns. So honestly, like I will look at the running quarterbacks first and kind of see if there's good ones there that I like the matchups on, or if I feel like there can be you know a lot of points scored in that matchup. So I'll kind of look there first. But honestly, you know, for me, I'll take any quarterback. I don't necessarily have to have it be an expensive one that I think you know is going to put up a ton of points. There are definitely some lower um, salary capped ones that I like that I think could potentially have a big week, uh, especially week one. Like, you know, I'm a Commanders fan, but honestly, Trevor Lawrence is $5,600 as opposed to $7,700 for Patrick Mahomes. That that buys me wiggle room to have maybe more uh, elite running back core in, in this build. Like, I think, honestly... Trevor Lawrence could could put up a pretty good week, week one, you know? So it's, it, for me, I don't really have like a s- steady uh, quarterback strategy. I, I'll just look at the board and see if there's guys down the board. Like again, Matt Ryan, week one, they play Houston. You know, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a massive game, Matt Ryan probably will. And you know, that that's somebody that you can get a lot cheaper and you can, you, you can double stack that way cheap. I mean, there, there's, you know, I, I don't want to say that there's a good strategy to it, but there's, you, you have to feel good about your build, right? Like you have to go in and be like, all right, like I think that these guys can, can put up a bunch of points. So regardless of their salary cap, as long as you feel that they can put up, a, uh, you know, a bunch of points, you know, I think that it's, it's however you want to build it. Um, I do like to get a little bit crazy with a couple builds, you know, like I, for week one, have some Jared golf stacks. I think Philly's going to be too. Yeah. Like, Me like too. you can stack that very cheap and then you can have great, you know, um, ancillary players there. So, I don't know. There's just different ways to to do it. Um, you know, Jameis Winston's another guy that's way down there that could have a really big week one. So 
I don't know. It, it's to me, it's just m- make sure you feel good about your build. Make sure that you're not picking players. Like I'm not going to pick any of Mac Jones week one. I, I don't think Mac Jones is going to go out there and put four touchdowns up by, by any means. If anything, if they're going to beat Miami, it's because they played good defense and they ran the ball well, right? Like, so there's guys that I'll definitely steer clear of, but um, I, I don't really go in thinking I have to get a, you know, one of the top tier guys. Yeah, it's, I'm just looking at DraftKings right now. You know, I I loved I love Jared Goff this week. Actually, he's like the one that the one that I've created lineups with. That's a cheaper one. I think the Philly uh, Detroit game could end up being a high scoring game. It's just a Detroit's going to be a lot better. Uh, Jalen Hurts appears to have taken a step forward as a passer. I think they're going to be improved too. I think it could end up being a shootout. I have I have a lot of stacks where I have Jalen Hurts and I have some uh, some players coming back with like DeAndre Swift because I think he'll be involved in the passing game even if it is high scoring. And I have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, a little bit of DJ Shark coming back. And then I also have lineups with Jared Goff. And then I have A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard um, coming back, too. So I think it's a great it's a great option this week. One of my favorites, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I feel like Saquon Barkley is just great value this week. I, you know, he's he's behind Alexander Madison. You know, it, it, on courtesy of uh, DraftKings, we have uh, Saquon here at 6,100 and Alexander Madison 6,200. I think Saquon's like the 15th or 16th running back. I just... If you want some Saquon Barkley, I think this is the week for it. I think he could, you know, I think especially week one when he's fresh, I think this could be a big week for him. So I've, I've been putting Saquon Barkley. He's probably my most my most used player in lineups this week. There's on um, there's a chance that you can put Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey at a reasonable price in your lineups this week and have both. And I think that could be a cheat code in week one. So I've been doing a little bit of that too. Um, is there is there any different strategies though? Because FanDuel does half PPR DraftKings does full PPR. Is there any uh, massively different strategies that you're going with in those? Uh, Massively different. No, I do think the one thing to keep in mind based off of the scoring is the flex position in DraftKings. You know, since it's full PPR, you either want to have a pass catching running back or obviously a wide receiver. You don't really want to ever have two tight ends. I mean, I think I can remember in the last like three seasons where doing double tight ends has really panned out. I know I think there was a week or two where there was like Mark Andrews and and Travis Kelsey both went just absolutely bananas. And if you had them in your lineup, you know, that was great because, you know, tight ends are obviously scored uh, or I'm sorry, not not scored. uh, uh, Their uh, dollar amount is lower than a lot of like the top tier wide receivers. So it's it's a viable strategy as far as salary cap. But as far as getting points, I, I don't really go into that aspect of it. But as far as the flex position, you know, like I was talking about is in FanDuel, since it's half point PPR, you probably are more safe taking a running back, whether it's a pass catching one or a regular, you know, just uh, like a Nick Chubb, you know, that, that's not somebody I think is going to catch a bunch of passes, but he could be a viable, good flex option on FanDuel due to the fact of that it is half point PPR. So I think outside of that, I don't really think there's a glaring difference. You know, obviously there is with the, the, uh, like for quarterbacks on fan or uh, on DraftKings, you get the extra bonus for 300 uh, yard pass games like so again you know that's what i was talking about before look at the scoring make sure you understand how it's scored so that when you're going in creating your lineup you're you know catering to that but at outside of the flex position to me there's not a huge difference where i'm like all right i got to make sure i definitely want to do this on DraftKings and do this on FanDuel. yeah like i said you know i i just differed up a little bit like i i put in both lineups so you know i i have wide receiver heavy lineups on both i have running back heavy lineups on both but, you know, I definitely – I'm a little bit heavier on running back on Fandle, a little heavier on wide receiver on DraftKings, especially, you know, considering, you know, 
it's a lot likelier that that wide receiver is going to get a spike week, a hundred yard game than the average running back is. So like you were saying, yeah, maybe shoot for a pass catching running back, but wide receivers are definitely someone I tend just tend to lean toward a little bit more on DraftKings. Also, you know, I tend to chase the high scoring games just because touchdowns matter a bit more on FanDuel. I definitely just try to look up, you know, what, what games are going to the high, highest over under, or, you know, hope over under on the score. So, yep. you know, chargers, Raiders, Minnesota Vikings, yeah. uh, the Buffalo Chief. bill, you know, if they, if yeah. they were in Chief the standard state. Yeah, exactly. Those type of games. I'm targeting those a little bit more on FanDuel just because I'm going to have to chase those touchdowns a bit more. Diving into the final topic today though. Um, Oh, well, no, actually we have two more. Never mind. Second to last one. Uh, large entry uh, leagues. We, we've talked about this before kind of on underdog, but um, you know, just, you know, obviously there, you can hop in on some of these sites and you can just play one other person. You can go against 12 other people, but, um, and you know, we have a little bit more just standard fantasy football strategies for those weeks or for those matchups. I mean, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to quite just hit things perfectly when you're only playing against 10 other people or just one other person. So, is there, you know, what are the different strategies you approach when you're playing against, you know, 10,000, 100,000 other people? Uh, you know, again, like I'm shooting for the moon. So I'm looking at ceiling. I don't really care about floor. If it flops, you know, then then it was what it was. Right. It, it just is what it is at that point. So I, I, I want to hit the complete nuts and go for for the ceiling at, at, at all times. So. You know, again, I'm not afraid to get a little crazy with some of these builds, um, especially in DFS, because again, it's it's week one or, or it's it's week by week lineups, right? So if I completely fall flat on my face and score, you know, a terrible uh, amount of points, it's completely fine. That that team is dead after this week. We're on to the next week, create new lineups. So I'm I'm just shooting for the moon. So I again, you know, that's really the only difference, right? Is is I'm not worried about floor. I'm only concerned about ceiling at that point. So, you know, there's definitely guys in here that I feel have a little bit of an advantage at each position. And those are the guys I'm kind of targeting. Um, I know for large entry DFS too, a lot of guys will use optimizers and randomizers. For, um, like, so they'll put in, you can go, if you, if you Google like DFS, like optimizers and, and um, lineup, uh, man, what do they call them? Lineup? It's not lineup creators, but they essentially help you create lineups based off of players that you like. Um, if you go in there and just enter in a bunch of players that you like, it'll help you create different, um, you know, different uh, combos of these players. So I know a lot of people will do that if they're going to be max entering or entering a ton of different lineups. So, you know, go go check those out, people. You know, go, just Google. Um, man, I, I really wish it's lineup optimizer maybe lineup optimizers yeah, yeah is, is that what it is okay so you can go in and, and, and utilize those i don't typically use a whole lot of those because i'm not going to max enter these i mean the bankroll is, is is not there yet so i'll go in and you know usually do i don't know i would say anywhere from 15 to 20 um of the million makers and stuff so you know again it's uh, outside of that i don't really think there's a, a glaring strategy uh you know for for this am, am i missing something is there something that you're doing for these large entry ones that you know, st- we already covered stacking and everything. And yeah, you want to reach for ceilings. You want to get a little contrarian. Um, the, uh, you know, just usually the lineups that win, you know, that win the big money, they had that you had a player that was like 5% owned in it. So, you know, you definitely want to shoot for some, you know, you want to shoot for that random matchup, you know. Um, uh, Palmer, uh, Josh Palmer is one of my, uh, this week I have him in a lot of lineups. He's not going to be on a ton. Of, he's not going to be on a ton of teams just being a lower uh you know, kind of a lower projected player, you know, him, KJ Osborne are players that I'm throwing in a lot of lineups this week, high scoring games that 
that, that if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Thielen and Justin Jefferson on the other side are commanding a lot of the coverage, you know, these guys could end up having big games and high scoring affairs. So, you know, just make sure you're getting a little contrarian. Don't, you know, you want to get some players that aren't going to be that highly exposed. And also you're playing, you know, if you're submitting 20, you know, $20, $30 each week for a million to chance to win a million dollars, you're not going to win very much. I, so I just like to tell people, you know, keep your confidence up. You know what I mean? It's going to be, if you, if you know, if you're doing seven, you know, if you're just throwing in 20, 30, 40 bucks a week, you're going to have weeks, six, seven, eight weeks in a row. You're not going to win anything. You know what I mean? Just, just, you know, it's just the percentage game, even if you're playing it right, even if you're smart. So, you know, it's just something you want to keep your head up. If you're playing smart, you know, you'll eventually win some money. So keep your head up out there. Do uh, you, do, do you ever uh, double stack a bring back? So, so I know you you keep referencing the, the, the Chargers and Raiders game. Like if you're picking the Raiders, let's say, you know, that's your primary stack. You took Derek Carr and, and Adams and Renfro or whatever the case may be on the way back, you know, on your, your, your comeback players here, are you taking like Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer or is that too much for you? Or does it really just depend on the matchup? Uh, yeah, I, I, I do like to do that. I usually do two players on the comeback too. Like it just depends. Like some lineups are different, but, um, I like on a lot of my Raider on Raiders ones this week, I have two chargers coming back just cause I think it's going to be really high scoring. Um, I, a lot of them, I do have Austin Eckler because I see him being involved in the passing game still, you know, he's one of those running backs that I don't, it doesn't matter to me, the game script. I feel like I can bet on Derek Carr and I can bet on Austin Eckler to both be good. Uh, and then I, I have a Austin Eckler and I have a, you, you know, I've been kind of switching it up between um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I think, you know, it's, you know, we could each make an argument for either one, but we really don't know who's going to be the, uh, who's going to come out on top. I don't think week one. Um, so I, you know, and then yes, Palmer as well. You know, so if I don't have uh, Eckler, I'll throw Palmer in there. So yeah, most, a lot of, most of my lineups, I do try to get like, you know, so I'll have five players from one game usually in there, you know, the quarterback, two receiving options two players on the other side, and then I'm filling out the rest of my lineup with some of my best value picks. Yep. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm curious because that's something I always like battle with when I'm creating a lineup is, all right, do I feel like this matchup can warrant me taking two comeback players from the other team? You know, do I feel like there will be enough points scored for that to really be a viable option? So I, I always like to get people's take on that. That's something I always, uh, I always struggle with when I'm creating my lineup. Absolutely. So just to finish up here though, uh, I just want to talk about yeah, some of the best, best value picks here um you know some of the players that you're putting in your lineup this week you got any favorites um you know so again at quarterback position the guys that i'm currently heavy heavy on and i know this kind of went a, a little bit against the grain as far as what i was talking about earlier is i have herbert uh rogers mahomes jackson and hertz those are the guys i have the most lineups built for. Obviously, I do have, you know, some of the lower guys, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, stuff like that. Um, but those guys at that position, um, at the running back, I like Alvin Kamara a lot this uh, this week. Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Saquon is, is also somebody I've been taking a lot of due to the fact that he's way down the board there. Um, and then I actually like taking my shot on, on A.J. Dillon as well. That's a guy I think can get, uh, you know, he might surprise people and, you know, score two touchdowns week one, you know, if they're around the goal line a lot. So uh, running back, those are the guys. Uh, wide receivers, wide receiver is where I really like to get a bunch of guys from the top. You know, I, I think either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, one of them is going to have a fantastic week. Uh, Jamar Chase could have a great week. Justin Jefferson, you know, a lot of the, I like to take a lot of those wide receivers towards the top. Now, obviously, there's a few value picks down here that I like. Uh, Devontae Smith is the guy I like this week. Alan Lazard as well. 
I, I think that he could have a, a huge week one. You know, he's he has the trust of Aaron Rodgers already, right? Like Aaron Rodgers understands that he th- this week is probably going to be the the Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and Alan Lazard show. Um, in, in my opinion, you know, the, those guys are the guys I'm really heavy on when I take Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, in these builds, uh, tight end, man, tight end is the the strategy for tight end in people's eyes that I've heard is is one of two things. Either one, I want one of the top, you know, four elite guys that week, or I just want to completely punt tight end and take whoever is left, you know, who, whoever I can afford at the very end. You know, this the the strategy for tight end is is always quite interesting to me. Um, in week one, I like to kind of go with what I know is probably going to happen. So Kelsey's going to be involved, Andrew's going to be involved, Kyle Pitts is going to be involved, especially if Drake London's out. Like so, this week I'm leading more towards the top tier tight ends, but um. Moving forward, once I see how some of this stuff plays out with the tight ends, I'm I'm one of the guys that I'd rather punt tight end and take, you know, Pat Fryermuth later or Cole Komet later. You know, some of those guys I think are going to get a lot of targets. And then, you know, as far as like a like a defense strategy or maybe a value pick this week, I like Washington's uh, defense. Uh, I like the Jaguars' defense. I think that game can be just be a complete mess. Um, I also don't hate the Steelers' week one. I know the Bengals are high flying offense, right? But Joe Burrow's a little injured right now. Um, he had that that core injury, and you know, I, I actually had a hernia surgery back, back in January, so I understand like what it feels like to have your like core cut into, right? Like that's it's a very painful thing, and it took a while to to come back. And if you twist it wrong or get hit wrong, you know, you uh, you, you definitely know it and feel it. So I think the Steelers could potentially wreak havoc on Cincinnati. So. You know, those are one of the defenses as far as value is concerned that um, I, I'm okay taking. Uh, do you have, uh, outside of Saquon, you know, do you have like any big, uh, big, big value plays here? Yeah. Um, and the quarterback, you know, I don't have any problem with the top tier quarterbacks, how they're priced, you know, they're going to be high scoring. So yeah, you know, grab some of them, but a little bit lower, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, reasonably priced quarterbacks. I think they're going to be in shootouts this week. I think they're going to have a chance to put up a lot of points. On the running back side, obviously, I like Saquon Barkley. I think this is about as cheap as you're going to get Christian McCaffrey ever. So get, get some Christian McCaffrey exposure this week. A.J. Dillon is very far down there as well. I like that pick when you said him. Aaron Jones, I think, is another one. You know, Like I said, uh, you know, just compared to where I think the game's going to go, still being priced, I think, about the RB8, RB9 territory. That's great with me there. Um and, you know, like like I, when I'm getting a little more contrarian, like Michael Carter, like we were talking about earlier, is a great one, I think, potentially. Um, if, if Baltimore uh, is blowing him out, Michael Carter could still end up catching a lot of passes. For wide receivers, uh, you know, K.J. Osborne and, pa- and Josh Palmer, I think, give you a great opportunity to get a little bit more contrarian in your lineups. I really like the price of MVS and Alan Lazard this week as well. I have MVS in a lot of lineups because I, I think – I just pairing him with Travis Kelsey. I think he could have a big week, catch catch some a touchdown pass. And I think he's super cheap right now because still people aren't buying him at as the wide receiver too for the Chiefs, but that is at least how the year is going to start. Um, I also um, – su- go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was going to say you, you mentioned the, the Baltimore and, and, and the Jets game. I, I wanted to remember to mention everybody. They came out this week, Baltimore did, and said that Isaiah Likely will probably be the – the third guy in the pecking order as far as targets are concerned, right? Behind Bateman and Andrews. So if you want to get real, you know, contrarian here, you can take Isaiah likely over Mark Andrews. You know, there's a potential that he could, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know you're, you're giving me that, that weird look, right? Like I, obviously I don't think he's going to outscore Mark Andrews, but 
he's $2,500. He's like one of the lowest tight ends that, that you can physically get. And I think he's actually going to have a role this week, especially if they're blowing the Jets out. They're probably going to not make Mark Andrews be in there 100% of the snaps. Like he, he, You don't want that man getting hurt when you're up 20 points on the Jets, right? Like let Isaiah likely get in there and let him get reps with Lamar Jackson, whatever the case may be. So just a, you know, a, a play, a deep sleeper play, Isaiah likely, you know, put, put him in there. And uh, I, I think he can honestly return. I mean, at $2,500, he doesn't have to do much to return on his, on his price. I like it. I like it. Go I'm moving on to the tight ends. Good lead in. Well, actually let me throw one more at you. Michael Pittman. At fifty five hundred dollars on draft, mm-hmm. that's stealing. That's like that's like that. That's like them like trying to get more money out of you. They're just like, man, let's put Michael Pittman really low, so these people just want to keep putting money into their Michael Pittman lineup. So that's you, that's like stealing. Do you worry a little bit though, with because Pittman's somebody else I, I like as well? But do you worry that they're going to be up so much on the Texans that maybe they don't throw the ball a ton? You know, maybe okay. Naheem Hines is kind of the the play in that. In that scenario, that, that could I like Naeem Hines too. That could be the play. Maybe maybe that's maybe Vegas is smarter than or you know DraftKings is smarter than us, and that's what they're begging. Like Damian Pierce, in my opinion, being a hundred dollars cheaper than Rex Burkhead, they're like begging you to take that. They're like, oh yeah, take Dame. You know, they're like you're going to be so much Damian Pierce. I don't want Damian Pierce in my lineup this week because it's like everyone's going to be putting him in the lineup, and he might not score a bunch because yeah, they, they put on a bunch. Rex Burkhead could take on the passing role, and yeah, Houston could struggle. Indianapolis has a fantastic defense, so. It, yeah, Houston's could struggle. That could absolutely happen. And Michael Pittman just gets completely phased out of the game. So I still like him. I mean, $5,500, it's just such a good price for such a talented wide receiver. We've been drafting him as a near wide receiver one all offseason. So him at such a pre price, it's hard not to take him. So I like him a lot there too. Um, Travis Kelsey as the most expensive tight end still signed me up. I think it could be a big week for him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes could lean on him. Tra- you know, there's going to be no time he's going to be fresher as a 30, you know, at you know into his 30s in the first game of the season. So, grab some Travis Kelsey. I also like Kyle Pitts as about 75 percent of that price usually, um, according to the sites. I think so. Kyle Pitts is another one I really like. T.J. Hawkinson is uh, someone I've been throwing in there too with my uh, Jared Goff stacks as well. So those are some of my values. I like the likely as well. Man, it's tough for me just based on rookie tight end history. It's tough for me to bank on him the first week. But, hey, that is someone that not many people are going to have. So if Isaiah likely goes off like he has in these preseason games, you might win some money. So that's a good pick as well. Yep. So any any uh, last final thoughts for the viewers today? Uh, you know what? I, I mean, I know I say this for everything, and I've mentioned this on on previous shows for best ball, but you're spending your hard-earned money to do this, right? Don't, don't like, cram in – so much that you're like getting stressed out about like oh my god like you know do i bring this guy back do i do like have fun with it create these lineups it's fun to watch right like you know maybe create a lineup you know if you're if you're going to be doing a you know maybe 10 to 15 make sure you have at least one lineup of guys that you want to root for right like like you know don't don't go against your own team you know have fun with it you're spending your you know your hard-earned money to do so and it's, it's honestly a lot of fun when you just create these and you're like man like i can't wait to watch this game and root for this guy and like you know hopefully he can get two or three touchdowns just have fun with it um you know obviously the some of us are more doing this to try to win the million than as opposed to having fun with it. So like, I don't mind going against my own team because, you know, if I watch Washington go out there and, and beat the Jags and I feel good about it, or if I, you know, bet against them with some DFS lineups and the Jags just completely kill them, then that's fine. I'm, I'm happy about that as well. So, so there's different ways to play all this, but I, honestly just have fun with it. You know, don't forget the stack. Don't forget to have a bring back, you know, at least one bring back player and just, uh, you know, look at the matchups, especially week one. We don't know, 
what to expect. So go with your gut on things that you think can happen as opposed to what you read on Twitter or what you're reading in the news. I mean, as we saw from preseason, news is about dog shit. I mean, it's, you, you know, you you got, um oh man, uh, what's the dude from San Francisco that um, the, the, the GM um, is... Uh, John Lynch. Yeah, John Lynch, thank you. He comes out and says like, oh, Trey Sermon looks awesome. He's fantastic, man. He's He's been doing so great. And then they release him, right? Like it's just, the, the news is crap. So don't listen to all that. Go with your gut, especially in week one and uh, just have fun with it, you know? Yeah, that's uh, the hate. John Lynch was like any fantasy manager at cut time just before the season. You're like, man, can I get a fifth rounder for, for this guy that I'm going to cut off my lineup anywhere? Like every, anybody, anyone want a fifth rounder? You know, you're like, man, I, so it, it's just, yeah. So they're not too far different from us. So I'm excited for week one this week. We'll be back next week. Um, maybe talking some DFS, talking some waiver wire, or injury reports, things like that. So look forward to seeing y'all in a week. Good luck this week. Uh, do use that SGPN promo code for all, for all the sites we were talking about. Grab, do some underdog puppy forward today. Um, yeah, and check out those. Uh, you know, and advice I've been telling people is, you know, a lot on a lot of those sites, the guaranteed pools, they're not going to fill up. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, sites right now where you can, it, they're guaranteed. You know, the prize pools are already set, but you know, they they could be 50, 60, 70 percent full. So the the chance of you incre- uh, winning money increases dramatically in those situations. So keep an eye out for that stuff too. So have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Okay, thanks a lot.